Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Kylie Camps, owner of the Kind Parenting Company, wife, proud mum of twin boys, and happiness advocate. This podcast is a place for women who want more from life. It's your time to cultivate more self-care, compassion, happiness, love, and confidence. Let's have real conversations to help you feel better, choose better, and live your best life. Welcome to episode number 28. Before we get stuck into today's really exciting episode with a guest that I super enjoyed speaking to, I wanted to take a moment to share with you another podcast that I'm really enjoying and a lot of women online have mentioned to me as well. So today's episode is brought to you by the Australian Birth Stories podcast. Each week, Sophie interviews mothers from right across Australia who share their pregnancy and childbirth experiences. Sophie's relaxed interviewing style allows for women to open up about some of the most challenging and certainly most life-changing moments. This podcast is geared towards an audience of first-time pregnant women Parents wanting to have a better birth and also just birth enthusiasts, those who are curious about the experience of bringing a life into the world. With over 1.5 million downloads and a recent accreditation by the Australian College of Midwives, the Australian Birth Stories podcast is a must listen for those who are interested. You can listen and subscribe through all good podcast apps or for more info, visit australianbirthstories.com. And now on to today's episode. This episode is one that I think you're really, really going to love based solely off the fact that we have touched on this topic before, but this time we're taking a little bit of a different angle. So meditation, it's such a hot topic and it's something that's been really transformative in my own life and in the lives of ones that I really, really love. And I know myself, I can be a little more evidence-based opposed to, I guess, I don't want to use the term woo-woo, but let's use it anyway, opposed to woo-woo or more spiritually driven. And I really, really enjoyed this wide-ranging chat with our guest today because he looks at things a little differently and it was really, really nice to explore this with him. So you may or may not be familiar with today's guest, depending on whether or not you're a lover of reality primetime TV. But today, we have something really exciting from Luke McLeod. He's the founder and meditation teacher behind Soul Alive. It's a platform that provides live-streamed meditation classes every week from the comfort of your own home. And as we speak, the platform is now live, but we'll touch on that a little bit later. Luke's mission is to help bring meditation into the modern day by making it easy and accessible to practice. We touch on lots of different things from 
why meditation is not just a practice for spiritual enlightenment. We also speak about how to bring meditation into the lives of your children and your partners as well. I really, really enjoyed speaking with Luke and I hope you enjoy our chat. I've popped all of his details in our show notes as well. As always, if you do enjoy this episode, make sure you take a screenshot and pop it up on your own Instagram stories and you can tag me at Kylie Camps and you can also tag Luke as well if you like, which is at Luke full stop McLeod. Hey Luke, thanks so much for joining us today. So happy to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Awesome. A few episodes ago, we spoke to one of my really good friends, Amy Sinclair, who's also a meditation teacher. And it was just such a valuable episode. And we had so much positive feedback on it that I really wanted to dig a little deeper into the topic and chat about it a bit more because some of the feedback we got was surrounding people wanting more practical tips and also conversations that women want to have with their partners surrounding yeah. meditation so I thought who better to sit down <laughs> and chat with than you of course Thank and you. Yeah. when I was reading through some of your pre-interview notes at the very last minute because mm-hmm. I'm last minute Kylie um, <laughs> the thing that most jumped out at me was that you actually started meditating because you became aware that it was a habit that a lot of successful people have cultivated in their life to optimize and enhance and improve Mm. rather than it being like a spiritual quest. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, It was probably about close to 10 years ago now. And I was in my mid-20s then and I was very much into personal development and really trying to look at different areas on how I could, you know, become more successful predominantly in my career. So I, uh, you know, I did a lot of looking into motivational type of people. Um, and I remember reading an article in a business magazine, I think it was the Harvard Business Review, and uh, they did this study uh, and they found the number one consistent quality within people who I really looked up to and respected uh, in different fields, not just in business. So there was the likes of um, Muhammad Ali, who you know everybody knows is the all-time greatest boxer of all time and a, and a very strong, determined man doing one of the most toughest sports and he was a regular meditator and I was like wow that's interesting that's something or someone I would have never associated with with meditation you know up until that yeah, point it's I always not widely known no yeah I, I always kind of saw meditation was something for for hippies you know to be honest with you like and it was mm. a bit a little bit woo-woo and other people in this in this study like uh, Steve Jobs and uh, Oprah like these really successful people in different areas, the, they all had this common characteristic of um, meditating at a regular practice. And I was like, wow, that's, that's fascinating. So I thought I'd give it a go, um, kind of put my preconceived ideas aside that I had around it um, and just try to really approach it in, as more of a productivity and a tool to enhance uh, my career sort of area of my life. And, um, and it did. It, uh, if the way that I approached it like that, it did help me out be more productive. I felt more focused. I felt more um, really just in sync with my work and and where I was going. Um, But then all of the other by benefits around in my personal life just kind of started to happen uh, behind the scenes. And uh, I I just started to feel a a lot more calmer, um, more approachable, uh, dealing with pressure better. 
So it just had this flow on effect. But the original reason why I actually did start out had nothing to do with uh, a spiritual quest. Um, it was more so to do with, you know, using it as a way to improve my career prospects. So mm. quite unusual to how I think um, why most people get into meditation. But in some ways, it's been a blessing as disguise because now I, I, I use that as a way to reach people who often see meditation as that at that at that yeah. time you know and i think there is still a lot of those preconceived ideas around it so i spent a lot of my time kind of telling this story on how i started out and making it a little bit more relatable so people feel more comfortable in giving it a go rather than you know wow it's this sort of trippy spiritual and, yeah i mean don't yeah. get me wrong i mean that's great you can if that's you and, and you want to use it for that and it can certainly deliver in all those areas and it will, I mean, amazing. But for a lot of other people that does, to be honest with you, put them off a little bit. So, yeah. um, you know, that's why I like to kind of share that story because it can be a little bit more relatable. For sure. And I think that's why personally I feel a little more connected to your journey into meditation because I would certainly consider myself a little more um type a personality tendency yeah. wise and yeah. i know that for a lot of mums even though being a mum is a super mm. super feminine experience it actually pushes us into a real masculine place at times because mm. we become the taskmaster the doer the you know yeah. we're running the house or you know we're just doing so many things rather than being so for me, when I was reading through your notes, I found it really, really interesting because I can relate to feeling a little more masculine in my energy and being that way as well as a little bit type A. And I thought sure. it's such an interesting angle to take to, yeah. I guess, really appeal to more people. And I know mm. for a lot of women listening, they've reached out and said that they want to have these conversations with their partners mm. about getting them a little more involved in that spiritual journey so taking the angle yeah. of you know what is doesn't have to be an enlightenment an enlightenment pursuit it can be about yeah. optimizing which i think is really really cool yeah. so yeah. before you came across that interesting fact about high mm. performers what mm. was life like for you job wise like what were you doing yeah i've had a quite an interesting journey if you were to look at sort of my professional career i've really kind of danced around and done very different things and I'm grateful for that and I, I'm always a big ambassador for doing different things within your career like don't feel don't feel scared to go and try something new because uh, you can always go back to you know what you were doing before so uh, for me uh, when I, I left school I dropped out of school because I to be honest with you wasn't really that academic um, I was more interested in just making my own way and doing my own thing so but at that age, I mean, you, you don't have any qualifications. So, you know, what, what do you do? How do you, you know, where do you work? So I joined the army. Um, I was in the army for nearly four years. And, uh, you know, that straightened me out a fair bit. Wow. At, <laughs> um, what, at what age did you leave school? Uh, it was at the end of year 10. So, okay, so yeah, young. Oh my yeah, gosh. very young. Yeah, so I didn't, yeah. I didn't do my um, HSC or anything like that. So, I mean, what was my options? It was either kind of you know, go and An work apprenticeship in, or... Exactly, yeah. And, and I don't know, there was something just about uh, the element of teamwork and, and discipline and that sort of 
leadership element. Yeah, those sort of qualities I was interested in and the army was uh you know is renowned for for that so i um i threw myself into that for nearly four years uh and met some wonderful people you know as i said it straightened me out and i learned some really good qualities around leadership and teamwork and that i still carry with me today so i was very thankful for that experience um and then i came out and i decided i did want to go back and and do some studies so i went to union uh did business i did got, got a degree in business because uh, I've always, again, been fascinated with entrepreneurial life and people that have gone out and done their own thing. Uh, and while at uni, I uh, met a good friend of there, friend of mine there, still to this day, and we used to play a lot of poker. So just as fun, um, we do poker <laughs> nights. And um, one one night, uh, a guy was like, "Can you come and run uh, a poker night for our team, like our company, and put it as a team building uh, event?" And we we're like. Sure, like <laughs> we'll get Sounds paid to like do that, that to go, yeah, yeah to go and play games. <laughs> go so, play poker. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and it went really well, and they they really loved it. And I thought, you know, th- I think there's something to this. So we then started running team building events um, as poker nights, uh, and that kind of grew and evolved into other different areas. And that was great. So that was my sort of first sort of experience with doing my own business entrepreneurial I love- thing. I love that organic progression of, you know what, sure, let's try it. Okay, there's something here and yeah. he's doing it. That's really cool. Yeah, and, and again, that in itself is it's a great way, I think, to just go into something or give it a go if you just organically fall into it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a big believer in that, is exploring wherever your sort of intuition goes and being quite aware with things that pop up. Um, so yeah, I won't rattle on too much longer about that, but I, I eventually sold out, uh, out of that business back to him. Um, I moved to Sydney and I got involved with a company called the Entourage, which is uh, an education company for startups. So they would, people that were starting businesses would come to us and we'd put them through a variety of different programs, like which would give them access to mentors, resources to help get their business up and running. Uh, and that went really well. Uh, and I'm still a shareholder of the company, but it got to the point where it almost got too big uh, for me anyway. I prefer to, the flexibility and, and time to be able to do what I want to do rather than having to be at a set place at a set time, you know, to make sure people are doing what they're meant to be doing. <laughs> so yeah. um, so I kind of dropped out of that operationally and that's when I threw myself into, you know, uh, exploring how I can offer meditation and mindfulness practices to people in corporates and that was probably about three years ago and I've been doing that ever since. Yeah. So interesting. And mm. so as you started dipping your toes into the world of meditation, you were obviously looking at other ways of optimizing your life and things like that. Were there any other standout habits or hacks other than meditation? Ooh, yeah, good question. Um, I, I think any type of personal development is time well spent. So, you know, I, I'm a big believer in you know, seeking out, you know, people who their purpose is offering education or their life hacks and what they've figured out uh, to other people. So I'm a big reader. So, you know, I, I looked into a lot of work that back in the day, probably 10 years ago, like Tony Robbins was the go-to guy for, you know, that mm. motivation. Great space. starting point. Yeah. Yeah. And he, um, you know, he, he cops a bit of a bad rap as being this sort of, you know, hot air sort of <laughs> guy, but and there is elements to that but some of the stuff that he talks about really resonated with me so one of the big things is around 
how changing your state, like you, if you were to, if you're feeling a little bit down or a little bit depressed or anxious, if you change your physical state, so in other words, you go for a run or you might jump in a cold pool, uh, just something to shock the system, that is a great way of snapping yourself out of that funk and kind of putting, you know, it, it kind of resets the system and it gives you the opportunity to start fresh with a new mindset, which is, you know, more optimistic or more positive. So I, I love that. And it's so true. We change, if you, if you are feeling down, you know, go and do something, which whatever it might be, uh, exercise wise, and it can be a great way to snap you out of that and give you an opportunity to, um, you know, start with a fresh, clean perspective uh, or mindset. Mm. So that was a, a really you know, simple, but really practical and effective tip or hack that I learned from someone like him. Yeah. yeah. And that's something that I live by myself as well. And particularly as a parent, when my little boys are having a tough moment, that's something that I lean into as well. And it can be as simple as if they're having a tantrum or a meltdown or a problem on the floor, literally just picking them mm. up and popping them on the kitchen bench for a toddler. Um, mm. Obviously my boys are no longer toddlers. <laughs> they're yeah, a lot yeah. harder to lift, but yeah. just <laughs> changing the physical state really can change your mental and emotional state. And that's something I swear by as well. So I love that. Yeah, um, yeah. Another thing that I'm super fascinated by is morning routines. Mm. I, I just find it so interesting. And like for you, when you mentioned that a lot of high performers share the same habit of meditating, it yep. seems as though a lot of successful people really do zero in on having a really flawless morning routine that is unique to them. So do you have a morning routine that you stick by step by step or do you lack a bit of flexibility and to feel it out? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question because you're right. I, I, I looked into a lot of morning routines of successful people as well and, and most of them do have quite a set routine. So, um, but I, I'm, also, I'm also a big believer in bringing things down to the most common denominator um, because I think often the case we can look at these people and try to analyze their every step and it almost becomes unattainable and we kind of feel like, oh, I can't quite do that. So yes, I do believe in having a, a good morning routine, but I'm, I'm also on the side of it's totally okay to have a sleep in now and then, <laughs> you know, yeah, you and just to your body. Yeah, exactly. Have a, have a bit of balance and, um, listen to how you're feeling. And if you, if you're up working late, you know, the night before, then sure, you know, you don't push yourself, I don't think, to uh, get up at, you know, at an ungodly hour just because that's the time that Steve Jobs did it, you know. So, yeah. um, you know, uh, there is that element of listening to your body and intuition. But again, I also am a believer in trying to form some type of discipline. So if I, like on a, on a usual sort of day, on a weekday, I would generally get up and I do try to, you know, go and do ten to fifteen minutes, maybe twenty minutes worth of meditation. Um, I really like to kind of just get my brain straight into that focused, uh, grateful zone. Okay. Yeah, because it's it's like as soon as you wake up, your your brain just fires, and it's just like, okay, we've got to do all of this, this, and this, and you're like, whoa, okay. So uh, I, I really do enjoy just taking me time uh, to do that for ten to fifteen minutes to start off with. And then I'll generally just do um, a bit of reading or a little bit of journaling uh, after I meditate because I just want to capture those emotions and how I'm feeling and, you know, uh, do a lot around gratitude. Uh, and then I'll just do my usual little things like a coffee, <laughs> yeah. uh, a, bit of, a bit of stretching. 
is also on the cards generally. And then, and then we get into it. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes just such a difference to start your day, I think, with purpose and intention rather than your feet hitting the ground. And it's like, okay, you're running through the mental checklist and you're getting bombarded with notifications, whether it's emails or it's social media or it's children. Like I think that, well, not I think, I know, particularly Mm. for myself, that if I have that time to myself and it doesn't need to be an hour, two hours, it can be as little as 20 to 30 minutes to really get my head clear yeah. I am so much better with the kids. Like I'm, you know, the moment they wake up, I'm ready to be super present. I'm so much better throughout the whole day because I've had that little bit of time to get clear. So I'm mm-hmm. a huge believer in that as well. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned you start your day with meditation. Do you mm-hmm. meditate again throughout the day? Like how, how much time would you allocate each day to meditating? Yeah. And again, that's a good question. Like I, I think it's however much you can really put aside to do it because um you know i'm not going to sit here and on my high horse and go you need to meditate 20 minutes every day because as soon as i feel like if someone tells me to to do this every single day i kind of almost there's that instinct of like (laughs) exactly you know what i mean so i'm a believer in you know take as much time as you can And, and it doesn't have to be much as you said you can start off with five, 10 minutes of just doing some easy sort of breath work and finding the enjoyment in it is, is so simple, but so powerful as well. Um, I often find as soon as you start to see something like a chore, you probably won't stick to it. You might do it for a while, but then because you have that approach or that mindset of that, it's something I have to do rather than want to do, um, you know, that's, you, you won't stick at it. So finding the enjoyment in it is the first and most important thing I think rather than how long or how often you do it. So get, you know, just fall in love with it and enjoy it. And once you've gotten that headspace, then you'll want to do more of it. So yes, there could be things around do 20 minutes every day and you certainly will. It's like going to the gym every day for, you know, half an hour. You will get better at it. You will get stronger with it. But I think what's equally more important is, um, treating it or, or trying to find a way that you can enjoy it first and foremost and then however much time you want to do with it is great yeah and i love that and i think that as humans we need to be really really aware of the path of least resistance so if you're putting that you know that strict time limit on and saying it has to be you know i have to do all or nothing like it has to be half an hour there's no point you yep. will feel that bit of resistance. And once we feel that, it's so much harder to push ourselves through. So I love that advice of just path of least resistance, enjoy it, however long that is for you. So true. Yeah, very love much so. That. And now another thing that I wanted to touch on is that I watched one of your video clips on Instagram, which I think you've got some really great content up and we'll definitely link to that in the show notes. Mm. But this video in particular spoke to me because you spoke about how many people struggle with that one point of frustration when it comes to Mm. meditating. And it's when you're trying hard and you're sitting there and you're trying, trying, trying to get into the zone. You're trying to meditate, but you keep running away with your thoughts. And Mm. I know for myself and for people within my real life and also our online community, that's one thing that they beat themselves up about. It's almost as though they feel as though that's them doing it wrong and Mm. they can't do it. But in this video, the way that you framed it was rather than beating yourself up over Mm. running away with your thoughts, congratulate yourself. 
you know, because that is awareness. You're becoming aware of your thoughts. Mm. And I just thought that is so powerful and that's part of the magic and that's how meditation can carry on in your real life. It's increasing your awareness. So that was just such a cool way that you explained it. Yeah. Well, I mean, as I said earlier on, like a, a big personal mission of mine is trying to break down these preconceived ideas or these things that are often associated with either the opinion of meditation or the practice of while you're doing it is trying to break down those challenges or um, preconceived ideas. And, and this is a, another big one that uh, a lot of people think that when you're, when you're meditating and your mind does wander off, that that's you doing it wrong. And it's not the case at all. (laughs) No, that's the thing. So you get obviously frustrated with it and then people are like, oh, well, this meditation thing, I just don't get it or, you know, it makes me frustrated if more more so than anything. Um, And yeah, and this is a big, big one, like that, that point where your mind wanders off and it's going to happen regardless of how experienced you are. Your brain is a thinking machine and the concept around that, again, is another preconceived idea or myth of meditation is it's all about not thinking. I'm like, well, hold on a sec. Like, your brain cannot not think. It's, it's, that's what it's there to do. It's like if the heart stops doing its thing, you're not going to be around for much longer. So You're in trouble. You know, exactly. So, you know, there's this, that idea around uh, not thinking, which is not the case at all. It's directing your thoughts uh, or being aware of them rather than trying to just not think. So that's the first one. The second one is what you touched on earlier is when your mind wanders while meditating. Again, that, that, that point people go, oh, I'm not doing it right. But that point of where you actually catch yourself wandering off is meditation in itself. That is a very core important part of meditation because as you pointed out, that's you becoming more self-aware. And when that happens, and it will, it's like, oh, that's awesome. I'm, I'm doing this right. Congratulate yourself. And then just gently bring yourself back to whatever that point of focus was in your meditation practice, whether it's a mantra or breath work or you know, tapping into a primary sense. And it's just the process of consistently doing that and over and over again. It's like that point where, you're, where it wanders off. It's like, it's like your, your brain doing a bicep curl. It's like a, a repetition and it'll happen again and the more you catch yourself, the more reps you're going to be doing, the stronger your mindset's going to be uh, and the deeper your, your meditation practice will also be as well. And of course, if you look at it from a place of appreciation and congratulating yourself, again, mm. it's just removing that resistance and that stigma surrounding doing it wrong. So it's going mm. to make it easier and allow you to fall more and more in love with the process, which you mentioned. Totally. So it's just really, really cool. So I know that the benefits are endless, but if Mm. you had to, if there was a gun to your head, Luke, and you had (laughs) to pick a few of the top reasons why we should meditate, throw a couple at me. Yeah. Look, I think, as you said, there's there's so many, and if I was to kind of just really just roll it up, um, I think it it just real simply it makes you a better human. Like, uh, like in, in in all facets, it really does. Like. Um, I found that I'm a lot more of a calmer person. I'm, I have a more subtle sense of confidence within myself. Uh, but probably the biggest one is just a real deep uh, presence of gratitude around life in itself and this connection to life all around me. Like I, I'm just so thankful for just the fact that I'm here and my existence and you know that 
meditation practice I think has developed that like it's just being able to look around and appreciate everything um, so much uh, so it's a gratefulness. different vibration isn't it it is it's it's because if when we're in our subconscious mind it's bouncing from the past around what has happened to the future of what needs to happen um, and we, we miss out on just this wonderful moment of what's happening right now and that is life life is what, like us talking right now and appreciating that and enjoying the conversation and um, meditation has just been the, a beautiful gift for me to be able to just feel incredibly uh, content and, and grateful that I have the opportunity to actually exist and to be alive and um, that is by far the biggest benefit that I that, that has come about it and um, I mean there's yeah I could go on forever to talk about all the other, the more specific yeah. things around uh, productivity, uh, the the levels of focus and time being able to um, put towards something is, I feel stronger and that's lengthened so I don't procrastinate as much. Um, there's so many different little variables and, but as I said earlier, it's like I, I think everybody knows how good meditation is for you now. There's so many articles out there that'll do X, Y, Z for you. I think that the next step in talking about meditation is how can I, how can we make it more accessible um, and easier and break down, as I've kind of touched on a few times, these challenges and roadblocks that a lot of people face when approaching it. Mm, which is like so many things in life. We often know what we should do, but it's just taking the steps. It's one foot in front of the other and feeling as though you're guided and supported to yeah. get to that end result. Yeah. And I just, I really... I really love what you said about the benefits of meditation because I know for myself with my own meditation practice, something that's shifted within me in the last year is that prior to the last year, I always felt as though I was waiting for something to be mm. done with. Like, you know, I'll start doing X once I get through Y and, you know, once this happens, then it'll be like that. And through yeah. meditation for myself personally, it's been so transformative because I had that light bulb moment of going oh my gosh I'm perpetually waiting and it's it's never mm. ending you're never going to be done and there is no finish line so for me it was like okay this is life like you said it's not about waiting to get through to next Friday or whatever it is oh, it's yeah. what you've got right in front of you in that moment and I mean it's been huge absolutely huge for me personally but I think huge yeah. as well for my little boys and given that our community are parents, like we have mm. mainly parents listening, I'm sure. super interested to know, in your opinion, how meditation could work as a tool, as a practice with mm. little ones. Great question. Yeah. And this is something that is, I'm really starting to look more into, is how do, how do I begin to make meditation more uh, applicable to the next generation, to the, the younger kids that are coming up now? Because... I, I believe that there is or there needs to be a, what I call a consciousness revolution where, you know, we've obviously gone through so many different types in our society, different revolutions around the agricultural revolution, the industrial revolution. I feel and I, th or I think there needs to be a consciousness revolution and you can kind of see it now with this younger generation of what's happening and I think they are, you know, moving in this way, like even with... Uh, the climate strikes that are happening right now within mm -hmm. all the schools and these kids, like the, 
the young kids that are stepping up and are actually making adults and politicians and corporations listen. listen. And I'm like, wow, okay. So it's, it's, I can feel it's happening. So I, I think it's a really great question and it's something that we should look at you know, exploring more on, on how do we get or help uh, our kids in this next generation uh, with things like meditation and being more conscious. So uh, lately, uh, I've been looking at different ways on how to, to do this. And one thing which I've tested with my, I don't have kids yet. I'm excited to when that does happen. But I, I'm lucky enough to have, uh, the, oh no, we've got five. I've got five nephews now and, and one niece. So, um, you know, I, I try Super to, uncle. <laughs> yeah, I try to spend as much time as I can with them. And, um, I do little, what I call games. It's like, um, mindfulness meditation games with them. So as I said before, it's meeting the person at their level. So whether this is your partner or, or it could be kids, it's kind of like, how do Very why? similar conversations. <laughs> <laughs> it can be, you know, it can be. <laughs> It's, 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 how can I speak to them in their language? So, you know, if I just go through and just do a, a normal guided meditation session of what I would generally do with an adult, they wouldn't, they, they, attention span would like run off within, you know, 10 seconds. So it's kind of making a game of it. And like I'd often kind of go with, okay, let's, let's play a game. So, um, with your breathing right now, who here can really describe to me how, the air feels when it moves into the nostrils right now. And they kind of get a little bit of curious look on their face and they go, what do you mean? You go, well, how, can you tell us the temperature and how does it feel? And can you feel the, like the tingling sensations of the air moving through the nose? And then they do it and they go, yeah, well, it's kind of, you know, it goes through there. And then I'm, I'm like, okay, well, tell me what, what happens then? Like, And then they kind of get curious again and they, oh, okay, well, I can feel it kind of going down into here and, well, tell me more about that. And it's this sort of asking them curious. to be curious about it, which kids are naturally curious. So um, they can connect with that type or that approach. But it's just a, the curiosity of uh, the present moment. And that in itself really is a, a huge part of meditation. It's just um, tapping in and, and being curious about um, certain things, whatever that might be in the moment. So you know, I've been playing around with this, doing it with um, my nephews and, and niece, and they're, they're loving it. They're, they're, they get excited. They kind of go, oh, it feels funny. And then they go, okay, well, tell me, if you really concentrate on your toes right now, like, can you, can you kind of feel like an energy, like, in your toes? And they go, yeah. So it's, it's making, uh, making it a game, having fun with it, um, and I think that's a, a, a good step anyway that I've kind of been playing around with and, uh, introducing a type of meditation appreciation yeah, a, for the moment yeah it's a great place to start because ultimately kids just want our attention so even mm. just sitting and saying hey i have this game like that's going to pique their interest anyway and as you were describing it it's so clear that if you talk to them about how you know how their breathing feels they are going to breathe deeper so that they can feel it and describe mm. it Yep. And that's that's part of the unlock. And I know for one of my little boys in particular who, um, you know, I've never labeled him as saying he's anxious, but he has certainly had, you know, different um, different moments in life where he presents to be a little more worried about things than others. Sure. And so I've done a lot of work with him with just breathing 
And, you know, a simple thing is putting a soft toy on his tummy and just getting him to breathe so that the toy goes up and down. Because, you know, when we're breathing really, you know, when we're taking shallow breaths, that makes us feel more anxious within our body. So just slowing them down and a little toy on the tummy and can you take big balloon breaths, that was really, really helpful for him probably from Mm. around the age of four. So it is, it's all age appropriate. But there are some really great guided meditations available for little ones as well so yeah i'm excited to see um what you come up with for that space stand by yeah yes yes there are, there are plans um, to kind of do some recordings of for the little ones so yeah i'll, I'll, I'll keep you posted <laughs> so good now as i mentioned in the intro you have a really exciting project launching as we speak and it's mm. called soul alive i'm signed up i'm excited to try it myself but I'd also love you to speak a little more about it and just, I guess, share with us what exactly prompted you to start Soul Alive and what is it? Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And I'm excited to, uh, to give you the experience of Soul Alive too. So uh, that's going to be happening actually later today. Uh, tonight's the first session. So um, excited and thank you again for um, jumping on board and you know being an ambassador for it. I, I really appreciate it. Um, well. The, the main reason why I wanted to launch something like Solar Live was uh, I've traditionally done meditation within the corporate sector. That's where I've kind of come from and I felt like uh, people in that sort of space, uh, probably the most stressed out, uh, are the ones who I think need something like meditation the most. So when I started teaching it, that was where I spent a lot of my time and focus was introducing meditation to that space but what I really wanted to do was to think of a way on how I could introduce meditation to a larger number of people so in other words being able to deliver it at scale um, at number one but number two really make it convenient so it was easy for people to be able to uh, to meditate or to log in and do a class that was really important uh, and number three obviously to make it uh, as affordable as possible because these days within any type of of like industry or service, um, you know, if you're passionate about it, if you, you want to be able to make it as affordable and as accessible as possible. So mm-hmm. those were the, the most important things I really wanted to deliver on. And so I just thought about different ideas on how I could make that happen. And um, everybody spends so much time on social media now. And uh, as you would know, uh, Instagram is probably the, the primary or dominant social media channel right at this moment which we both have a fairly great active community on. So I was like, well, how can I you know, reach my audience here so they don't have to go anywhere else, um, but I can still kind of keep that engagement and them ex- excited about something new because a lot of the other meditation sort of apps out there at the moment uh, are all pre-recorded sessions, which in itself is good, but it doesn't have that element of engagement as much as, say, you would go to a, a studio to do a class. So and connection, which is exactly. ultimately as humans, we all want to feel connected, which is why I think Instagram is such a strong platform because it provides that almost instantaneous, um, I don't want to say real connection, but it does mm. provide a level of connection. So true, so true. And, and I mean, it gets beat up a fair bit around how it, it, it can be, you know, people are getting anxious and depressed from it, but it's reality. It's everybody spends so much of their time there. So we can either try to let 
that consume us or we can try to use it for a channel for good. So um, so this is where the idea came around Solar Live. Well, why don't I deliver live guided sessions through Instagram? So I created a, uh, a private account, set up a process which enables to make that happen. So it's a private account. People subscribe, then they get access to the private account. And then it's set times during the week. Uh, so at the moment we do three classes, one on a Monday and a Wednesday night and one on a Friday morning where you can you know, show up as, as if you were to just go to a class at a studio. At that time, uh, I'm there and I guide everyone through uh, an actual meditation session. And then people can ask questions if they want, they can engage, uh, you know, you have that element of connection. So mm. yeah, so that's what I did. And it's, you know, it's, it's so far so good and I'm excited it's, to see where it goes. It's such a smart concept, Luke, because I know even with, you know, we have, I have the kind parenting company and we have video tutorials there and it's really simple to access the video tutorials, but because it's different mm. to what people are used to using every day, there can be a little bit of friction surrounding how do I access that video, even though the steps are very clearly there. So I love that you have, again, it comes back to removing that resistance. You've Mm -hmm. removed that resistance by putting it on the platform Mm -hmm. where people are. And just like we spoke about with children, it's meeting people where they are, which is just so So smart. I love that. It's really, really clever. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited to see where it goes and it's early days and, um, but people so far responding well to it. And, uh, as I said, it's a great way to be able to reach, uh, people at scale. So um yeah we'll see it's really (laughs) cool and would you say it's appropriate for both beginners as well as the more experienced totally yeah meditation is a funny thing because again it has this preconceived idea that um to progress more in meditation you have to do more advanced types of meditation uh and i find that that's not the case at all it's what i talk a lot about with meditation regardless of how experienced you are is in the discipline and the depth of it, not as in doing more advanced or progressive types of meditation. Just doing the same practice over and over again, obviously getting that enjoyment so you want to do it, uh, but then doing that over and over again, but going trying to go in a little bit deeper is a great approach or to progress in meditation rather than trying different types. So with the sessions that we deliver on Solar Live, they do have a bit of variance within it, but the the flow is fairly consistent. Um, and this is done for a purpose. So regardless of whether you're a beginner or you're you know you've been meditating for years and years and years, it's just within the depth and the discipline of showing up and doing it. So it is applicable to anyone with on who's curious about it. Um, from a beginner level right through to you know someone who would consider themselves an advanced meditator so um, and I do try to offer some step-by-steps at the beginning of it to really make it as easy as possible for those who haven't done it before and to try to make them feel as comfortable and um, but yeah it's definitely I've tried to make it as uh, accessible to everyone yeah and I think that's really evident just from chatting with you today but also from how easy it is to sign up to solar live so Mm. i'm excited to start and for anyone else who's interested in joining where is the best place for them to find you and find more info sure well you can head to solarlive.com.au that's by far the the best place to go if you are interested in in 
you know, knowing more about Solar Live. Uh, that'll give you all of the uh, the tips and everything you need to know to kind of subscribe and, and get involved. Uh, and then outside of that, we have the the Instagram page, which is probably another great place you can go to, which is Solar Live underscore uh, official. Um, and then probably just my my personal Instagram as well, because I do I share a fair bit of content on there as well. So that's just uh, my name, Luke dot McLeod on Instagram. That, that's probably the three best places to check it out. Yeah. Easy. And I'll pop all of those in the show notes as well. So people can come back to those as they need, mm. but just a massive, massive thank you for your time today. Mm. Um, before I let you go, yeah. do you have any last words? Is there anything else you wanted to add or share with our community? Oh, good. Yeah, no, well, I think uh, first and foremost, thank you for letting me uh, come on here and have a chat with you. And I think, what you're doing and how you're going about it is such a wonderful thing to see. And your community community is so supportive of, of yourself. And, uh, you know, I, I think I came across you a couple of months ago now, a month or so ago, and it was just so nice to see a lot of other women supporting, you know, women. And I think that's really needed right now. Um, so, you know, thanks again for letting me come on here. And, uh, you know, hopefully... I'm I'm pretty sure that we've had a, a valuable conversation where people have learned some things. So, um, yeah, I think that's – we'll leave it at that. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much, Luke. I really appreciate it. And don't forget, for those of you who are listening, to jump over to the show notes and you can jump over to Instagram and connect with Luke there. Cool. Thanks so much, Kylie. Thanks, Luke. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.